I went to a marvelous party. Christopher, this is only going to work if we speak one at a time. Fine, you first, Eric. From the Sunset Strip in beautiful West Hollywood, California, it's The Dinner Party Show, the Internet's first live comedy variety show, with your hosts, New York Times best-selling authors, Christopher Rice. Actually, there's a new study that confirms every other child you see on the street is a ghost. <laughs> and Eric Shaw Quinn. I don't want to talk too much, but... Okay. We're no, going to no, no. take, take up a collection for the stained glass window. Now we want the dirt. Featuring reports from their largely unqualified staff of special correspondents. Sex is like Christmas. It's the not knowing what you're going to get that makes it exciting. New York is a giant trash island infested by has-been theater queens. If we're really serious about cutting federal spending, the biggest waste of public funds I can think of is Congress. Two steps for Jesus! The Dinner Party Show. Everyone gets served. Tonight's live cast is streaming to you live and for free through the dinnerpartyshow.com and our free mobile app. And now, direct from the kitchen by way of the Get out of my office. It's your hosts, Christopher and Eric. Good evening, I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And tonight we will not be talking about the fact that winter is cold. Ooh. We will not be acting surprised or alarmed that the season in which the northern hemisphere is furthest from the sun also produces some of our coldest temperatures and largest snowstorms. While we advise everyone who resides in wintry climates to heed their local advisories, here, here. the Dinner Party Show is an international program, and the arrival of winter at its usual time is not, in and of itself, a topic worthy of much discussion. Though, just this just then, it has plunged into the 50s in and around Los Angeles, so bundle up LAans. <laughs> LAans? <laughs> also, also... <laughs> Yes, LAans. What else would you call us? Angelinos. Also, we are absolutely not talking about whether or not Lindsay Lohan did or did not have Paris Hilton's little, little brother Baron beaten up for talking smack about her boyfriend, <laughs> or who her boyfriend might be, or who cares what Paris Hilton thinks or says or tweets or DJs, or why her parents named her kid brother Baron, even if it is a family name, or why they named her Paris, for that matter. We do not. We do, however, think that something should be done to protect the public from having to hear from desperate, attention-starved has-beens. Maybe they're related to the Red Baron. Uh, okay. Anyway, <laughs> back to point. Also not being discussed tonight, race-baiting Scottish columnist Rod Little's assertion that Nelson Mandela was little more than a, quote, famous nice black man Jesus. whose death did not merit the coverage it received in the United Kingdom. Little, who complained that a large storm bearing down on the UK was given short shrift by the local press in favor of the deceased civil rights leader, is an idiot who is apparently unaware that the internet provides constant updated weather information to people in every part of the world, 
even when they're shallow racists. Also, did you hear that it's plunged into the 50s yeah, yeah, yeah. here I around heard, Los Angeles? I heard it. It's right, Angelino. Angelino. Right. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for that. Mm-hmm. That's very helpful. Also, we do not care whose lap Miley is twerking, Santa included. And we do not care what obsessed One Direction fans thought of Ryan Phillippe's tweet criticizing the band's performance on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> Crying all the way to the bank. <laughs> also, we have nothing to say about Kim and Kanye's house, houses, engagement, baby name, or any of their relatives, feuds, divorces, lawsuits, or social media accounts. We refuse to take seriously any reports regarding the 2016 presidential race, ancillary primaries, or candidates, because it's 2013, for God's sake. Although, we do secretly hope that that sanctimonious pothead hypocrite junior senator from Kentucky is out of it, because we just wish he'd shut up and let the grown-ups talk. We further have no opinion about anyone on any reality show unless they are planning to reboot Manhunt or Kept. Girl. And we don't know, nor do we care, how the voice works, what the X Factor is, or why it's on the air, or, which or the S Factor, or which letter <laughs> of the alphabet it might be, or what the hell Sing Off is even about. And we will, under no circumstances, be weighing in on the Justin or Austin debate, because those believers are fucking scary. As for everything else, it's still on the table on tonight's live cast of The Dinner Party Show. Here to deliver tonight's provocation is ordained nun, published author, and renowned teacher in the tradition of Shut a Fuck Up Buddhism, Ainidia Barek. Let us sit deeply and calmly in the now, letting the breath of clarity wash our minds and fill us with the truth of the present moment. As it cleanses us of distractions and cravings, let it open us to the absolute nowness of now, where the special correspondents of the dinner party show are preparing for their year-end performance review, and where they have the power of choice not to take that pill or drink that next glass of whatever in order to calm their already overworked nerves. Let us breathe in thoughts of love, compassion, and the present. And let us breathe out fears of gunfire and infernos, lit by that one who will find they are not to remain with this silly little show any longer. Breathe. Breathe and return to the dinner party at hand. Breathe. Sit presently. Open your chest and your posture to the special hosts and the special servings and know that in order to release the negative, toxic emotions of clinging and hate, it is necessary to lean into them just a little bit. Not to resist, but to envision very briefly a world in which you're a judgmental god who gets your own pick of which preposterous and grandiose special correspondent will be shown the door tonight. But once the world has been envisioned, release it and return to the party and the now. Namaste. (laughs) 
God damn it. She Oops. wasn't supposed to say anything. I did told her not to talk well, about the performance friggin' review. She blew the pooch on that one. I think it was in all of the promotional. Blew the pooch? Isn't, isn't that the expression? Blew the pooch? Ew. So actually, is it, wait, is it? What is it? Well, actually, I think it's screwed the pooch, which is. Yeah, also... Why is that any better? Okay, well, let's think about it. <laughs> No, I don't want to think about it. I'm and, upset now. And there you are. I'm Christopher That's Rice. That's I'm Eric Shaw Quinn, and we're upset. We're very <laughs> fragile here at the Dinner Party Show, and we're hoping none of the employees are. This is a very special night, as Anadia blew or screwed the pooch about. She told the— Yes. But honestly, I think it really was in the newsletter. We're doing employee reviews. Like, we've gotten through a number of them. There are some—most people are safe— Tanya is safe. Buzz is well, safe. Well, 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 well. Tanya and Buzz couldn't be here in person for it. Tanya wouldn't do the travel, which is weird because she's our travel correspondent. And Buzz was doing a motorcycle ride up to Big Sur with well, her sisters. Lyle and Kyle couldn't be here, and they're still participating. I know, and that's that was really awkward. But look, let's not be codependent with our special correspondents because the real event tonight is it's the beginning of our second season. Right. Season two. So we're cleaning house around here. We get rid of some of this correspondent it's, Deadwood. Somebody is going home. Yeah, that's, that's right. It's yeah. We'll never be the same after this. Yeah. If this if this is the one dinner party show that you listen to tonight. <laughs> <laughs> And the last. <laughs> this should be the one, because we, we, after this, everything changes. We hope the special correspondent you liked isn't the one who gets to go home. But and, we shouldn't talk about and it. And the, so. the fact that you like the correspondence is another, I think, more important. This January, the end of the year, the last... I don't have any idea what the date is, what which you, I should what, know. I don't actually the know what Forky, you're talking about. Our oh, first annual Forky Awards yes, the are tonight. Are, are the, no, are, they're not tonight. The, the balloting begins tonight. Eric, the balloting begins tonight. The survey goes live on our Facebook page. It should be going live now. There are two categories, Best Correspondent and Best Serving, which is essentially Best Sketch, but Sketch wasn't fancy enough for Miss Eric Shaw Quinn, so he made us call it Best Serving. And so now we're just going to say Sketch 23 times, which... Best we might as well have just called it best sketch if we're going to do that. Serving sketch, best serving sketch, uh, best sketch serving. What do you think? What do you think? You're not I, looking. I really. At me. I'm just. I don't have anything else to say. On I this. think you really. Any blew, thoughts? You, Final thoughts? You blew the pooch on that one. <laughs> Ew! <laughs> Stop saying that. I'm going to make you go sit with Dan Savage. Oh, oh, shit! <laughs> <laughs> That's what the pooch is doing. Said, don't sit on Dan Savage. I said sit <laughs> with Dan Savage. All right, so uh, the survey should be going up That's now on our Facebook job. page. The survey should be going up now on our Facebook page. And um, then the final, the the actual awards will be the last show in December, whatever the hell day that is. We will announce the winners as part of our New Year's Eve special, which will not be on New Year's Eve, no. our New Year's special, we're it's calling it. It's just going to be the Forky Awards. Yeah, that's oh, what, yeah. I thought it was our New Year's special. Well, it is kind of, but it won't actually be the you New know, Year's. I think maybe we should occasionally have some meetings where we figure this shit out. Where we work out. some of this stuff out in advance. <laughs> we're lucky we have the ballots together. I swear to God, this week, I am so tired. I apologize in advance if I fall asleep during the middle of the show. I hope I don't offend our lovely guest, Caprice Crane. Caprice Crane is going to be here later in the show. She's amazing, and let me tell you why she's amazing. Not only is she one of the funniest people on Twitter with over 
uh, 160,000 followers. We have 11. We have <laughs> we have 700, I think, That's for the really show. That's really great. But, but we now... have over 14,000 on Facebook now. Yeah. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah, yeah. Way absolutely. to go, guys. Absolutely. Go party people. Go party people. Anyway, Caprice Crane wants Instagram to photo of her being peed on by a goat. Speaking of blowing the pooch. Well, that is so Kim Kardashian. It really is. I, yeah, I think that is a ritual with her people. She'll be and here. By that, I mean other Kardashians, not what other ethnic group she might or might not be a member I don't of. even know where you're going with this. I don't want to offend people who are, I don't know, Eric, is she a member Eric, of an ethnic group? Eric, just offend people. It's why we have you on the show. Well, I know, but not about that. I just oh, think... Kim Kardashian is Armenian, I believe. Is she? Well, I don't, I don't mean don't... that. Any offense to Armenians, no. I mean Kardashians. I have no problem about offending Kardashians, but I wouldn't want to offend racial groups. I think that's gross and I, weird I, I and inexplicable. I think everyone understood that you were referring to her sex tape. Doesn't she get peed on in her sex I tape? I have no idea, and I, I'm proud to say that I have no idea. Has this I was show forced to just... watch that other sex tape with that drunken whore because I was writing a book with her, but I'm not watching any of the rest the of those What the fuck things. are you doing? Oh, there we go. There's there she is. Everybody drink! Okay, guys, it's time for our first performance review of the evening. I'm not really... Okay, I, brace yourselves. Okay, this is gonna be... It's gonna get ugly in here. All right, fairly imbalanced newsman Breck Artery is up for review first. Let's see how this goes. This is Breck Artery coming to you live from the posh Sunset Strip studio of The Dinner Party Show. From the beginning, The Dinner Party Show promised that beyond being a comedy variety show, beyond entertaining and insightful interviews with high-profile guests, beyond the fascinating and multifaceted view of a rich variety of weekly correspondents, we promised that the show would also offer an unvarnished look into the process of co-hosts and co-producers Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn learning to do a radio show. As we have cataloged their journey from dilettantes to autodidacts, we have offered you, the listener, an unobstructed view of these two men bumbling their way onto the air each week. In that spirit, this week it was decided that in the absence of a better idea and in a last-ditch effort to capitalize on the last gasps of the lingering stench of reality programming as a staple in the entertainment industry that we here at the Dinner Party Show would morph our second season launch into an inside look at the performance review and development process behind the scenes as Christopher and Eric decide, as they put it, what the fuck they are going to do now. Little did we realize the consequences and the outcome of opening up such a review Brack, process. Brack, Brack. Yes. Christopher, feel free to chime in in your characteristically informal and unrehearsed. Brack, knock it off. Knock it off. Yes, knock it off. What exactly are you referring with your knock it off reference? Stop doing the news. Are you firing me? No, 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 no. Ladies and gentlemen, this just in, in a surprise move, long-term TDPS news anchor Breck Artery was fired from the post that he created despite his valiant efforts to bring a note of much-needed validity to the otherwise vapid... Vapid! ...and often insipid collection of idiots... Insipid! ...incompetents and pinheads who people much of what the dinner party show offers up each week in their steaming pile of shenanigans served in lieu of real facts, helpful information, or even quality 
satire, respected journalist Artery has been tossed on the scrap heap of what the medium once was. Rack. It is a sad commentary on the decline of broadcasting across the board as real journalistic integrity is sacrificed on the altar of the popular pap that clogs our airwaves and inundates the rapidly <sighs> eroding shores of quality as what was once the voice of a great nation is drowned out by the shouts of an ill-informed mob, attention-seeking trolls, and half-fact-fueled sensation-chasing desperate slaves to the bottom line. Are you done? And so, it is with a heavy heart that I bid farewell to an audience it has been a joy and a privilege to serve and inform, as I hope I have also, in some small way, entertained and enlightened. I thank you and even the ungrateful Christopher Rice and the cowardly Eric Shaw Quinn, who didn't even have enough spine to show up and put this knife in my back to my face. To you, I say... Brack! Yes, Christopher. Yeah, Breck, this is your employee review, not a report on employee reviews. Eric and I just wanted to tell you you're doing a great job. And we hope you're planning to stick around because we are committed to continuing and expanding your role here at the dinner party show. Oh. Yeah. So I'm not fired. Nope. Got it. Want to do a news report on that? I don't think anybody would be interested. <laughs> Wouldn't journalistic integrity dictate some kind of retraction? I don't think that's in the best interest of the TDPS brand to see their anchor. Insipid. This is Breck Artery wishing you good night and good dinner. Really? So, chocolates, flowers, Tiffany's. Not really dialed into the whole blowjob thing, but I'm sure I could talk that dimwit Jordan into Stop my... talking, Breck. Stopping, yes. Thank you, sir. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. And now, it's time for the hors d'oeuvres. Have two. They're small. Who's that new guy? That doesn't sound like one of us. Well, I actually think we should give a shout-out. That's my dear friend, Ethan Erickson. He's the star of Jawbreaker and The In Crowd. I think he used to be on The Guiding Light. I can't remember. It's and been a long time. And CSI New York. Don't forget CSI right? New he York. Was, yes. Yeah, he was on. Yeah, so he's a... Uh, and we've been friends for... A really, really long time. Although you're, you're old, Molly. Yeah, I'm not. He's not as old as Molly. I am, you but, in danger, you girl. Know, it's happening. Excellent. So anyway, he's so now he the actually, uh, he's the new announcer here yeah. at the dinner party show. Mm -hmm. um, it's part of our new look for the second season. Season two. Same show. New look. Season two. Uh, okay. So the most important news I have to say here in the land of the dinner party show is that Eric Shaw Quinn finished putting together his. Fucking Christmas village. Oh my God. So nobody has to hear about it anymore. I was over at his house last night, and apparently the mill in the village had stopped working. So my <laughs> image of the Christmas spirit is Eric bending over his massive piles of cotton snow beneath his brightly lit tree, futzing with this mill, going, God damn it, if this fucking mill is broken, I swear to God. He just bought this. <laughs> Ah, the spirit of Christmas. Yeah, well, the old there was trouble at the old mill, so we yeah. had to get a new mill this year. It's been several years. I, I used the wrong transformer on the old <laughs> mill, and it burned out the engine. So we have a new mill this year, um, and so if it was already burned out like 20 seconds into Christmas, I'm telling you, that is... A lot like work. I don't know how you do I, it, Eric. I, I've got I, a photo it essay. Me crazy. I just haven't gotten to post it, so there'll be more pictures and whatever of Greater Christmasville as I recover from this past week. 
Thanksgiving was really late this year. I think it, yes, it can't was. be much later than it was, and that cut my prep time. Mm-hmm. But literally, we got back from our um, Eastern tour, Thanksgiving adventures, mm-hmm. and on uh, Monday afternoon, and I got straight in the car and went to the lot, and I have been on my knees crawling around. I have carpet burn like a $2 whore on my knees. <laughs> From crawling around that living room, you blew the pooch. I blew the pooch. <laughs> we're gonna say that. I'm not. Gonna, I'm gonna dream about that. Oh my god. So anyway, your your village is finished, and that's all we're gonna say about that because we have other stuff to well, talk. We've about. We've got way, you know, like there's way more to talk about, but we're we're at least beginning the topic of that. But actually, I don't think that really is the big news this week. We'll do a photo essay about the village. Yeah. The bigger news this week happened for little Christopher. He had a bad I breakup. Had a bad breakup. It was my imaginary relationship with British diver Tom Daly came to an end as news broke that he was in an actual relationship with someone I actually know personally, but I didn't know they were in a relationship. Good news is he's gay. Bad news is he's taken. But good news is he's into tall blondes because Dustin Lance Black is a tall blonde and we are routinely, or let me say I'm routinely mistaken for him. Wait, 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 wait. So we have actual confirmation or are we just making, casting Well, that's what I want to talk about. That's what I want to talk about. Okay, we're now 72 hours out from this breaking news or a a week out from this breaking news. We'll be on CNN before you know it, guys. Neither of them have confirmed that the other is actually their boyfriend. Because they're not. You don't think they are. That's your theory. Okay, I have multiple sources confirming that they are and that they have been for a while. However, they have not acknowledged it. And Tom Daly did an interview on the British equivalent of Jay Leno, Jonathan something or other. We have a Brit who works for us here in the studio, Brett, who can who can chime in and let us know. Jonathan Ross. Jonathan Ross, thank you. I think I've been on that Our show. British correspondent, Jonathan Ross. Uh, no, he, yeah, Tom Daly gave an interview in which he said that he met the guy at a party, that it was love at first sight because he's 19 and he still believes in that type of stuff. And that he did not know that the individual was gay, which I think that that's... can't be less Justin Lance Black. Justin I mean, there's Lance actually yeah. vid- there's actually pictures of him having gay sex available yeah. on the internet. Sorry, Justin. You know, Dustin, don't let yeah, yeah Dustin, don't <laughs> you know? Be careful where you leave your phone. Um, <laughs> a warning to everyone out there. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I just don't see how anybody could possibly not know that. Dustin Lance Black is not gay. That just doesn't even make sense. Well, I don't know. He's British. So uh, Tom Daly, I mean, is British. So maybe he's not as familiar with American Oscar winners as we are. But oh, I think it's a hard call. That's just really not possible. Okay, it's so you're, but wait, let me, let me be clear on this. Your theory is that he is in a relationship with another man that is not Dustin Lance Black, and they're both just sort of letting this gossip fester out there. And so it gets publicity for Dustin. And it uh, a lot conceals the true identity of who Tom is with. So, so the the murder wow. mystery. Th- I think that overestimates everybody involved. <laughs> Listen, except I, Dustin. I think I think it's scripted. I think everything about this is scripted and weird. Tom Daly gave an interview to the Sun, which is a British tabloid, uh, several weeks ago. Not very long ago, maybe a few months ago. Again, with the CNN timeline reporting. That said uh, he was not gay and that he was had been interested in this young woman named Sophie, but she lived in America or something. It was like this. And now he says, I was misquoted. I'm like, this is a really, really long piece for you to be misquoted in. You know, like there are a lot of misquotes in this single article for it to just I, I be think, a mistake. I think that the article I want to write is the, the level of uh, journalistic... Uh, <laughs> Inquiry. Chutzpah that you have put into this particular story. Like, (laughs) 
listen. Nineteen year old says he's gay. That and every world responds, duh. <laughs> Collective world says, duh. Okay, well, let's talk about the age. And difference then everybody thing. else. <laughs> let's talk about the age difference thing because that's what everybody else. Wants I'm waiting. To talk about. I'm actually going to wait for the New York Times special supplement. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? There's going to be a time when some bony-faced weirdo British detective on some TV show has a sexual intrigue, and you're going to want to talk about it on the show for three weeks. Nobody has denied that Henry Cavill has not said one way or the other, except when he said that he absolutely isn't gay. (laughs) Which you have scrubbed from your memory every night at 11 o'clock when it's time for some alone time with Eric and Henry. Every new moon. Every new moon. Okay. So uh, nobody apparently gives a shit except for me. But there is some crazy uh, judgments going on out there of them for the age difference. You know, Tom Daly is 19. Uh, Lance is 38, 39, 40, 41, And 20 22. goes into 40 a hell of a lot more than 40 goes into 20. That's really all I have to say about that. <laughs> Good, for Lance. Good for Dustin or Lance or whatever he goes by. Good I th- for him. I think he actually goes by Lance. I, I Good for Lance. goes by Lance. You know, and uh, I, I am happy for Lance's success. You know, I remember when Lance was working with with uh, various production companies and making gay-themed films. And I remember friends of mine sneering at Lance and saying, what does he think he'll ever make of himself making all those gay movies? And these friends have not gone on to make any fucking movies. And Lance has won an Oscar for milk. So good and, for him. And may or may not be sleeping with... And he stole with my imaginary boyfriend. Your imaginary boyfriend, which is just really... I'm really sorry about that. That's no. too bad. No, it's not. It, I'll get over it. I'll get over it. Is there something happening with the hotkeys? Oh my no. God, it's the restless leg dancers. I thought we fired them. I mean, if anybody deserves a bad Look out for that. I just... Oh, that was for Christmas. Oh... I thought we were giving them a bad review. I swear to God. I just thought we weren't giving them any review. You suck. That's your employee review. Learn to dance. Get out of my office. Now. Go. Go and take that cat with you. Oh. All right. All right. Get oh. We got to clean oh, that up. That was my favorite. Oh. Service. Why do they Take always the cat. have a cat? Why do they always have a cat? That can't possibly help. All right, let's just go. Let's go to the next performance review, I think. We got, we've got somebody in the queue. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And this is sort of the dinner party show. Or what's left of it. The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. Good taste, gone bad. And now it's time for astrological advice from Twan. Hi, Twan, Queen of the Stars here with the real dirt on what the constellations are up to and how you can read the signs before they read you. Try to face your problems for a change, Gemini. Yeah, we're all Pisces here. Don't I know it. A little fellowship of success. Pisces is one of the few signs that is its own best match. Yeah, be that as it may, Twan, I think... Say no more, Christopher. I have consulted the stars on this, read the signs, and with Mars in our communications ascendant, we are simpatico. I'm not sure I understand what... What I mean, Christopher Rice, is that I know what you're going to say. I think we all know how this has gone and what's best for everyone. You do? Christopher, I'm a psychic and an astrologer. You 
can't sneak up on me. I guess not. No, sir. I have eyes in the back of my wig. It is almost blinding, but I can see just how bright my future is here at the dinner party show. Three Pisces joined together is the sum of more than just the favorable forecast that's here for us all. Well, Twan, I think that pretty much says it all. It does? I mean, of course it does. I, I knew that you'd say that. Yes, the nature of your prediction and the accuracy of your star charts tell me everything I need to know to make my decision about you. Thank you, Christopher. Sorry I'm late. Who uh, <laughs> put that stuffed weasel in my dressing room and scared the shit out of me? I will consult my spirit guide, but I feel strongly that it was a former lover, a Libra... Who treated you badly and acted like a weasel. He's trying to make amends, but in his ineptitude, he can't think of a better way than breaking into your dressing room with a stuffed weasel. Uh, that's pretty specific. My gift is strong. Thank you both. You already talked? Yeah, I'll explain in a bit. And I just want to say, with humble gratitude... Till next time, this is Twan reminding you to watch out for the stars. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. Let's dish. Welcome back to The Dinner Party Show. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. She's written for the big and small screen, including stints on the reboots of Beverly Hills 90210 and Melrose Place. And with over 150,000 followers, she's widely regarded as one of the funniest people on Twitter. And oh, by the way, she's also the offspring of television royalty Les Crane and Tina Louise. Wow. Her latest blazingly witty novel is Confessions of a Hater. It's a critically acclaimed exploration of high school cliques and mean girls. And which it sounds great. You can also buy it through our store at thedinnerpartyshow.com. Caprice Crane, welcome to The Dinner Party Show. Thanks, guys. Welcome to dinner. Thank, thank you for having me. We're so happy you could make it. Okay, we talked about all that stuff, but let's talk about the really important stuff. What happened with you and this goat on Instagram? Oh my God, we're back to the goat. <laughs> I just need I'm to sorry, Caprice. Although I will say, when Caprice came in, I said, I promise we don't have any goats, and she threatened to storm out, so we sent <laughs> Billy out to get her a goat. The goat has become a thing. You know, it's... I'm a I'm a kind of obsessed with animals in 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 not the way of wanting them to pee on me. <laughs> Good. Um, I was like, uh oh, this is really going to take a dark turn fast. I'm just a real animal lover, and I, I work a lot with but animal not rescues. Like that. Not I like love that. them, but right. not in that way. Yeah. Um. So occasionally, friends will take me to or arrange for me to go to a, a sanctuary, a rescue, a big like the Gentle Barn or the Farm Sanctuary, and it's it's an they're an acting California. It's it's a drive, but for me, it's like going to Disneyland. Right, and I just get so excited. I'm so happy to be with all these animals, and there I was meeting some goats and sheep, <laughs> as it were, um, <laughs> and a turkey. I had I had a, at the moment I, I literally had a live turkey in my lap. Oh, who dear. I was petting. I was learning how to pet. You pet them under their wings. <gasps> and then this goat, who was a little jealous, oh. came and walked over and walked on top of me. So he was sort of crossed over my legs. And I thought, more the merrier. Here we are, hanging out. <laughs> 
and uh, my friend was taking a photo of me, and there was like there's there's a few shots leading up. There's like one with me in the thing, and one when the goat walks over, and then I'm smiling like, "Hey, it's me and a goat." And then at the exact moment when we realized, then someone said, "He's peeing on you," and I looked down, and he captured the moment when this goat just decided to let loose. Oh my god! And there it was, and you, there I, it was captured for insurance. And but I, who posted it? You made the choice. to I post chose it. to post it. And that takes cojones. I think that is really because it was so funny. I yes, mean, it's not really you know a glorious funny. moment, and it's certainly not an attractive photo of me. But it was so funny. Like, how many times is a goat going to be peeing on you? And especially <laughs> in the moment, like one, I'm posing and well, smiling, just the ones, like one hopes. yay, I'm so happy. And then the next moment, I'm like. Oh my God, I'm being peed on. And later you found out the name of the ranch was actually Spanish for the jealous goat. And you met the jealous goat. That's my favorite part. The goat was jealous, so I'm going to pee on you. What yeah. else do you do when you're jealous? You know or, what? I do what I do. Yeah, exactly. Because it's not like you can write a mean story or something. <laughs> exactly. You're a goat at the end of the day. Exactly. So, But this fits with what you do on Twitter. You're very... <laughs> I meant the posting. No, it doesn't. No, I meant the posting the photo. <laughs> Fits with what you do on social media because you're very, 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 very funny. You know? Oh, thank you. That's very. You're generous. Um, I and I'm and I'm I'm very uh, comfortable making fun of myself too. Right. Which what like which is that photo is an example. Right. So. Exactly. So I also have to say, and I think I've quoted you many times, sometimes with attribution and sometimes not. You How said my favorite you? thing. I know. I'm going to come clean at this moment. You said my favorite thing about writing that that I've ever heard said. We were speaking together in an event. It was that same event, Eric, where that woman bullied me out of reading from my own book. But it was a that the bitch. Assistance League of the San Fernando Valley. Remember, we were both. Yeah, there. I remember that. That's where we yeah, met. Yeah, yeah, that's where we met. And you got up and we, we were forced to speak and we couldn't read from our books. Remember, they're like, don't read because Glenda really hates it. And you said, I became a writer because I wanted to act, but I didn't want to act in front of other people. And I yes. thought, that's it. That is totally it. It's such a beautiful description. Yeah, I actually describe getting into the character for when I'm getting ready to write something. You have to get into the character of the people that you're writing. You do. You totally do. But you can do it in the privacy of your own home and be right. as insane as you want and not worry about people being there. Yeah, exactly. And you can correct the performance until you get it exactly the way that yes. you want it to be. Well, you can be everything, right? Director, stage manager, set decorator, right? everything. Lighting, yeah. special effects, yeah. color temperature. Okay, so let's talk about your new book, Confessions of a Hater. Is it inspired by your own experience? No, although Star Magazine said it was. Um, <laughs> well, you know, which, well, I waste time anything. on the facts. <laughs> Did they even talk to you? <laughs> no, but, which was fine. Honestly, <laughs> like, Say whatever you want. Coverage is coverage. You know what? Right? Say that I murdered my t-shirts. Post, okay, get it get it in the magazine. Yeah, Do just what you want. Just post a link to my Amazon page. I need page more and, scandal yeah, in my life, absolutely. quite honestly. Right, right. Um, it was not based, but it was based on my high school, and it was based on certainly, there were things that I went through and things that certainly my friends went through that were in it. Um, but the high school experience is universal. I just wanted to do an updated story that would be funny and relevant and... Um, and sort of empower the the nerds a little bit. And did you have a bad time in high school, or did you have a good time in high school? I didn't have a great time. Um, I wasn't I wasn't in the popular clique. There was one clique. I was friendly with them, but I wasn't one of them. I was friendly with all of the different groups, which which was nice. But it actually it meant I didn't belong to any one group. So I was kind of a floater. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. And so when they had sleepovers with you know the cool girls or the whatever, like I was never invited to that. Um, so while it's nice to be friendly with everyone, I, I was always kind of on the 
on the outskirts. Of... So you think it's necessary to pick sides to really enjoy high school? I don't know. I, 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 I maybe, maybe I'm learning that now. Um, no, I think it's, I think it's good to be, to try to be friends with everybody and not cause, cause you're not, once you're in one, you can't really be. Right. Well, it's great for else. a writer, right? To have the perspective on everybody and not to really, you get to observe all of them in action without, you can be a fly on the wall in four different social groups. Really. Exactly. Which yeah. is what actually the characters in my book, they, they call themselves the invisibles. Right. Because they are, you know, not, they don't right. stand out enough to sort of get your attention, but they're there. And well, they I don't can know. Sort it sounds of... a lot like your high school experience. Well, Star okay, magazine. Fine. <laughs> fine. <laughs> yeah, it's weird when people assume your novels are autobiographical. You've, you've got family members of yours there. Oh, my there God. Come this doesn't say, sound anything like our family. That's because this isn't about our family, for God's sake. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, I did not sleep with that many football players in high school. I did. Know? Oh, good for no. you. <laughs> It was about her family. No. I was writing about. I wrote about Caprices. She wrote about mine. You wrote about somebody else. It was all I just it was made the shit circle up. of That's making shit That's what I love up. about fiction. I it's actually just all a lie. You yeah. know what? What's the funniest is my mother will, knowing it's fiction and knowing me quite well, better than anyone else, I might say. When she's when she reads one of my books and she's describing to me what she likes, she'll be like, "I love the part when you did this, when you went to the <laughs> yes. thing." And it's like, "What? What are you? No, <laughs> that wasn't me. I'm not in this book. It's fiction." Yeah, they. I, I get that too. I get that too. So uh, we have a minute left, and then we're going to have a short break. When we come back, we'll talk about what the New York Times book review talk had faster, to say of faster. your book. And I'm going to cram in about four more things about Tom Daly before we go back to interviewing Caprice Crane. I'm Christopher Rice, and I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And now it's time for another edition of. Best served warm. That's. And now, in keeping with the Dinner Party Show's commitment to community enrichment, it's time for another in our ongoing series of public service announcements featuring the people who make the Dinner Party Show what it is. Best served warm. Hi, I'm Best Served Warm, and this is Best Served Warm. I'm a short public service announcement that usually comes at the end of the show when Christopher and Eric have run out of other material and need a minute or two to go to the bathroom. As part of my performance review, I'd like to say that I belong on the dinner party show because I'm a great place for your host to dump half-baked ideas they can't cook up into full-length sketches. Did you get the cooking puns there? I'm also occasionally clever, just like your hosts. It's true. Occasionally, when listeners have had their fill of Jordan Ampersand, Joan L. Sams, and Tanya Lee Musgrave, remember her? I've become a testing ground for ill-advised and not-so-popular characters like a cat and an alien who always goes on too long. But for the most part, I'm a fun, whimsical way to end the show, and a nice reminder that Christopher and Eric are complete cynics who don't believe in much of anything except for tea, which they drink too much of. I'm Best Served Warm, and this is Best Served Warm. (laughs) 
Welcome back to The Dinner Party Show. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And our guest this evening is the beautiful, the lovely, the talented Caprice Crane. The amazing, <laughs> the really the great sport. friendly, the target of jealous goats. My favorite part of that story was when you said you had driven to meet goats and sheep. <laughs> I just love that. Like I see it like a meet and greet. Everybody's standing around uncomfortably in a ballroom shaking paws. Hi, it's lovely to meet you. And a donkey. I made friends with the donkey, too. Oh, but hopefully the donkey treated you better. The donkey was very nice. Oh, my God, that's so on the line. Her latest novel is called (laughs) Confessions of a Hater. (laughs) And we will eventually stop talking about what happened with this goat, even though I've been posting about it on social media all day. Well, she started it. She posted on social media first. And and I saw it and can't forget it. Here's what the New York Times had to say of your book. Even for adults looking back, there's a certain comfort in the dissection of the mean girl enterprise and the kind of empowerment in seeing a new generation rebel against it. Very literate review, this quote. The questions Crane addresses don't get answered neatly and tied up with a bow upon graduation, and perhaps that's why the novel is so enjoyable even to those who've crossed that threshold. So it looks like it was a YA novel that got an adult audience. Um, I don't know. It's the new Harry Potter. I I wish, from your (laughs) mouth. I wish it for you. Um, I hope so. I mean, it is relatable, and I try to throw some things in there that people of our generation would have fun. As you said, it's a universal experience. We all want... Well, it is. And, and it never stops. I mean, we always feel, you know, left out or there are the situations that just morphs into something different as we right. get older. It's left over. Yeah. We keep yeah. recreating it wherever we go. Right. I wonder why we don't do anything about high school. So many people have such a miserable experience with it. Why do we keep doing we, that? We should stop it. Or Let's just stop <laughs> having high school. There's some high other, school. Surely we can learn stuff without having to go through that really unpleasant experience. Like, it's not enough that your hormones are doing that and your body is doing that and your face is doing that thing. And, like, in addition to that, I have to be subjected to that. Yeah. The social horror of what high school has turned into. And and we act as though it's this inevitable thing that, well, sorry, kid, this is going to, like, really? So we should write a strongly worded letter to whoever is in charge of high school. Of high school, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But nobody, it's all been privatized, right? Nobody's really in charge of high school anymore. <laughs> there was a documentary, and now nobody believes in public education. But anyway. Um, I, I do believe in public education, and I don't think this sounds like public education. I mean, I love the sort of idea that through this, the uh, through the uh, the diary that she's going to get tips on how to actually like that's what everybody in high school dreams of is the manual for how the hell do I do this and that's really the setup of the book a young woman discovers her older sister's diary which is how to be a hater basically yeah but wait, yeah which is not to be mean but just sort of she was like a cool girl right so and so yeah she so she goes through her the tips that. That her sister would have given her if they got along, but her sister was too cool for her. So, right. so it's so she finds this diary and she uses it to sort of reinvent herself before she gets there. Right, right. But Do you, does she share it with the other invisibles? Or? She does because when she gets there, she instantly gets accepted by the cool girls, and after five minutes with them, she realizes like these people are a bunch of jerks. Right. Like, I don't actually want to <laughs> hang out with them. Right. So right. she chooses to hang out with the nerds and the you know the math geeks and the. But this girl, the one's overweight and one's got, I mean, your, t- your stereotypical, every every variety of not perfect. Right. And yes, she does share it with them and they that's how they turn it into like this Revenge of the Nerds type. 
That's cool. Thing. That's cool. So the label question can be annoying for all writers, but would you consider it to be a YA novel? And if so, what is a YA novel to it you? It is. I mean, it is. Te- it is technically absolutely a YA novel. So it's young adult. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it does not have vampires and it does not have post-apocalyptic children <laughs> killing. Thank you, and, and I'd like to thank you personally. <laughs> but you know that I because of that maybe it's not selling as well as <laughs> as it could be. Um, but it's very real and and relatable to everybody of all yes, ages. That is sort of. Real. I'm a little shocked by how real YA is these days. I think one of the YA novels on the bestseller list currently is about a teenager dealing with cancer. You know, and she's not a vampire, so it's going to be real. Are you talking about The Fault in Our Stars? I think so. Oh, I so think good, so. John yeah. Green. I read yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. it's great. I think so. Maybe. Let me ask. Who wants to know? They're making a movie out of it. Let me that ask my assistant. Yes. Um, yeah. No. Um, I'm the king of just reading headlines and not reading the actual news stories. Ain't nothing wrong yeah. with that. Right? Honey. Exactly. It, it, where would the internet be if people actually read the stories? I know, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, so have you been on a book tour? Have you done any book signings? Have you met any mean girls? I, I meet mean girls every day. Um, yeah, but you live in L.A., right, so yeah. Welcome to Beverly Hills, right? <laughs> they, um, they didn't do a real book tour, actually, mm-hmm. for this, which they said they don't really do them as, as much for they don't, yeah. young adult, which may have been total BS. But what they <laughs> did do is send me on a tour of, of festivals. Oh, cool. So I did these, well, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, cool. I was trying to like swing. Okay, cool adjacent. Yeah. very adjacent. Yeah. Um. So it was like Decatur and um Austin and you were Miami. Decatur, were, were you in Decatur? I was in Decatur. I was not at. They do the festival of the yeah, book in Decatur. Is that where, where you were? I was. I was not there. He was, was at the library. I was at the library with a much smaller group of people. You know yeah. what? Yeah. We. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure you had a smaller group. Really? Yeah. I, I did see, I think the Miami Book Fair misspelled your name like five times on the on the they thing did. for your event. We, yeah. Did they spell it five different ways? <laughs> no, it each was time one, they changed each, it. They, my publisher contacted them and they were like, yeah, you might want to fix this. And so they did in, in most ways, which was very generous of them, right. but not in the header. So still, when I posted it to promote it, it had my name in huge letters spelled wrong, <laughs> including it up to the day that I had to go do the event. That's that's Great. awesome. So, you know. Yeah. So uh, any any fun reader interactions you want to talk about from this festival tour? Um, this one, no. These were tame. I gotta say the the young. I that's the that it was the one good thing. I have had no hecklers on the young adult tour. I've had right. no uh, former high school teachers showing up in wearing. Uh, motorcycle helmets indoors. I've had. I mean, I've had some real but weirdos. You speak of this as if this has happened to you before. Oh yeah, a teacher, it has. a former teacher, of my former teacher, which I didn't realize until he was thrown out, and then he snuck back in without his helmet. And one of my friends said, "That's Mr. Van," <laughs> and like I wouldn't have even known that this was my. What former did he son. do to get Let's, thrown out? Go back. He was heckling me. What was, was he saying? He was raising his hand and and just kept asking question after question that were they were personal and just just being weird and I, it was very weird and they literally <laughs> threw him out and then he came. Oh but he's still working as a teacher. I have no idea. Oh what my he's god! Still doing. We should really not find after out. this show. <laughs> yeah, he should not be was, dealing with children if he's actually he came to your signing to heckle you wearing a motorcycle helmet. Yes, which was smart though because you couldn't see his face. 
I don't know that I would have recognized him anyway, but I'm I'm actually friendly with so many of my high school friends. Sort in a friends. creepy, horrifying kind of way. Well, yes. Um, but I'm friends with enough people that I did have high school friends there, so they recognized him as that's our teacher. Wow. Yeah. And so, and so he had clearly <laughs> planned it. He wore the helmet and then could, so he could take it off and come back through a second time and heckle you again. Wow. Yeah. Being he heckled a, you without the helmet as well. So he yes. came back and started he came it back again. In again. This yeah. is an amazing story. And then, this and is then, better than the goat, I have to say. And then when they threw him out for a second time, he then wanted to at least get a book signed. <laughs> 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 so, I mean, the ball's on this guy. Like, you got to give him really, that. Or, or the medication. Yeah. Whatever. Or the lack of Or the medication, lack of medication. My say. God, that's really Indeed. disturbing. Well, we'll talk about more from Caprice Crane. More disturbing. Festival of Heckling, the Heckling Festival with Caprice Crane. But for now, it's time for, uh uh-oh, Jordan Ampersand's performance review. Well, that's not going to go, yeah. Brandon, have you seen Jordan Ampersand out there? It's time for... Oh, my God. Knock it off. A performance review? This is bullshit. You think I'm going to sit here and go through a performance review like I'm back at the coffee bean and tea leaf getting a lecture on customer service from some bitch who smells like onion rolls? Silly string? Jordan, stop it. Jordan, put the cigarette lighter away. You don't have the nerve to set me on fire? Sort of, but not really. Jordan, all of our special correspondents are getting a performance review tonight. It's the start of our second season. We have to assess the direction of the show. Yeah, but it means one of us is going to get fired. How do you know that? I know things. I'm telepunathic. What? I need this paycheck. We don't give you a paycheck. You don't? Oh, no wonder I'm so broke. It might be time for a webcam. (laughs) You still haven't told me what telepanathic means. You know I don't know what it means. You're just trying to get me to admit I don't know something I said again. I'm trying to get you to calm down. (laughs) It means you can use your mind to throw a fork at the future. Why are you so upset? Because every time I had a performance review before, I got fired. Well, that makes sense. You sound like a terrible employee. But I'm a great critic at large. No, no, you're not. Do you even know what a critic at large does? They go see movies. No. We went through this a year ago when you first came on the show. A critic at large is supposed to review cultural happenings throughout their area. You can't go outside without being arrested. This show is all I have. It is? Don't you understand? The dinner party show is the reason San Francisco wants me dead for trying to be a rival bat kid so I could get more Instagram followers. And it's the reason the mayor of Toronto won't stop sexing me. It's the reason I got a DUI on the way to see dumb art. I've given everything to this show. No, no, you haven't, Jordan. We didn't actually ask you to do any of those things. In fact, you've never gone on any of the assignments we've ever given you. But I'm not good at anything else. You're not good at this either. Well, then what am I still doing here? Well, we're giving you a performance review, so you might not be here very much longer. See? I knew it! (laughs) Jordan, I'm sorry if this comes across as tone deaf, but I'm a bit taken aback by your level of emotional reaction here. Honestly, it seems as if you don't like us very much and you don't think our show is cool enough for you, so I'm surprised that you're this upset over the thought of not working 
with us anymore, if you will. Maybe I should tell you what my life was like before the dinner party show. <sighs> okay. It was better. Oh. It was a lot fucking better. You guys ruined my life. Now my best friend lives in New York, which means he's making more horrible art I have to not write shitty things about on Facebook. And my other best friends are all in rehab. And my other best friends are like, can we have our $10,000 back and stop changing your name? We know where you live. In short, this show ruined my life. And until it puts it back together again, I'm not going anywhere. Our show had nothing to do with any of those things. Hello. They didn't happen before your show was happening, so obviously you did because they happened at the same time. Oh, you are a complete moron. Good, because morons have more fun and they have more sex because they're not always thinking about who it is they're having sex with. Life is about quality, not quantity, Jordan. And you better hope we take that into consideration as we revisit the sheer number of catastrophes you have visited upon this show in the past year. Now, get out of here before I shove that bottle of silly string up that windsock you call your rear end. I'd like to see you try. I'd like to see San Francisco tear you limb from limb. Whatever! I never even met Bat-Kid. He's fine. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn, where dessert is the most important meal of the day. Wow. Well, it's like our announcer was clearing his throat there or it was something. quite I don't a know ring what was going out on. on that particular tune. Yeah, welcome back to The Dinner Party Show. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And our special guest this evening is the blazingly witty Caprice Crane. Her new novel is called Confessions of a Hater, and it's available through our store. And our party person, Samiko Salson, would like to thank you for empowering nerds everywhere oh my gosh you are welcome here's hoping she buys your book we yeah, run the world nerds run the world it's nerds true. rule the world They're yeah popular kids, steve jobs only popular in high school and then it's over that's really my favorite I, i'm fond of saying that uh, that age is the great democracy like it's no trick to be cute and popular when you're 16 years old like try it when you're 60 and get back to me but yeah like uh, seeing those people after high school is so delightfully refreshing like oh really that's what happened especially in the deep south because there's so much batter and and beer and it's just like they I mean the guys that I used to think were just the hottest now look like they can't fit through a door Mm -hmm. I mean it's just crazy yeah it's a great consolation for after the fact the it gets better thing is really the the satisfaction gets more (laughs) bitter it gets bitter it gets bitter over time oh wow anyway at some point tonight we were talking about Caprice during her interview Um, let's talk about Twitter because you have a huge following Following on Twitter, Ooh, you and you're somebody who has kind following. of mastered it. Like you've mastered what what people really seem to want Please on Twitter. Please tell us what to do. Oh, I don't teach that's us, sweet great of you one. To say. I don't think so. I think there are people who are so much more funny than I am. But um, I just try to be funny. I make fun of. I do observational stuff. I make fun of myself. Um, most of it is is bullshit. Mm-hmm. Can I say <laughs> that on here? Yeah. Oh, you can say whatever you want. Um, I mean, it's. I think it is such a waste of time. First of all, really? I, I I loathe it. Um, but you know, you need to do it, I guess. Mm-hmm. And and I have made some friends from it, and and that's always good. But I just try to have fun with it and not take it too seriously. Let me stop you right there on the you need to do it because I want to ask you if you were pressured to do it by publishers like the rest of us were. Did they oh, say yeah. you have to get on social media? Oh yeah. yeah. No, they they want you to do it. 
And do you think it's had a positive effect on your book sales or your career overall? Not on my career. I think um, in in certain instances, I would hope yes in book sales because you can get the word out and, and and other friends of yours can help promote you. Not that uh, too many of mine did, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I did. But it I is did. you did, and I'm so grateful for that. Um, but it it yes, it can certainly help. And there were there were I've had readings um, with my previous books where where I they did have a book tour um, where people would show up from Twitter and they didn't even know I wrote books. So right. they would be like, oh, I just saw you say you were going to be here on Twitter. So, yeah, this is awesome. So, yes, in that way, it definitely helps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's quite a library. You've written uh, uh, quite a number of books, like four or five, right? Five. Yeah. Five. Yeah. I don't know if that's quite a library. That's you... uh, that's a lot of books. I mean, compared to how many most people write, it's Well, and and yet I compare more. myself to other people who have written way more. Yeah, and right. I think Maybe I'm a Mark slacker. Twain or, no, or well, James Patterson. Every, well, he, I don't even think he writes. <laughs> he he doesn't write. He's a farm. He's just a marketer. He's a farm, yeah. No, but I, it's a good point, though, because I, I have a lot of friends who work in mysteries, and they pump, they pump out one a year, and they've been pumping out one a year since they started, and I feel completely inadequate next to them, but I, it's like comparing apples to oranges because different books require different things of you. you I know? hope so. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with that. I'm going to believe you. Um <laughs> Because once, otherwise, I'll be I once read suicidal. an interview, I can't remember where, I'm going to say Vanity Fair, I'm not certain, with Ridley Scott, where he said, who I have enormous respect for as a director and as just an unbelievably talented man, yeah. he said, yeah, in the, over the previous 10 years, he had really only directed 10 movies and he was feeling like he really hadn't, like other people were getting ahead of him and he was not. And I thought, wow, if Ridley Scott feels That's that way, yeah. then, then I'm okay. Then, then we all do. Then it's the same everybody, stuff. Then we all everybody. have the same. It's like your, we your all high have the school, same right? Everybody has the same. We all do that comparing thing, which right. is deadly. Compare and despair. And, yeah, and, and insane. Yeah, it's exactly. just like the express route to insanity. I haven't written enough books. I've written five books. I Hats off. You're doing great. So if you had your choice, you've written in TV and you've written five novels, as we just established, which, which would you rather do? If you could only do one for the rest of your life and make a living at it, we'll say. <laughs> and oh, only TV. eat one thing. TV, really? I would, yeah. Really? It's so you... easier and quicker and it does, it's, it's uh, yeah, TV for sure. And it's more money, at least for yeah. me. Okay. I mean, yeah. Well, let's say if we equalized the money. Let's say the pay was the same for both. <sighs> yeah. If okay. Let's say the pay is the same for both, but with one you get a goat peeing on you. <laughs> and oh, for sure. The, the, uh, the one with the goat. Okay. Um, you know, I, I love them for different reasons because yeah. in TV, I mean, the truth is in books you have all the control. You write what you want. You get to say what you want. And with TV, it, you know, there are so many cooks in the kitchen and you're getting noted to death and you're, you have to please the network and you have to, I mean, everybody needs to be happy and also feel like they're doing their job. And sometimes in order to do that, they'll say something that is completely the opposite of what needs to be happening and you'll have to listen and things get crazy until you're at a certain level where you can say, that's a really dumb idea. No, I won't (laughs) do that. Because I mean, I'm still at the point where I'm like, that's a fantastic idea. Talking Swiss cheese. Yes. (laughs) Um, yes. So that would totally work in the middle. So of wait this a minute. There was a talking show. Swiss cheese no, arc on Melrose right. Place. There was a talking Swiss cheese thing that was that 90210. I Oh, nine hundred two one zero. Excuse yeah. me. Yes, absolutely. Um, no, I just you know you always have to kind of bend over until you're at a certain level. And yeah, exactly. So. But you know, you talk to a lot of people who have a background in prose and novel writing, and just the idea of being in the room. 
terrifies them. They don't want to have to bat ideas around with five other people. Well, you know? and there are, and that is that can be tough depending on the personalities. And I've been in rooms where people got along, and I've been in rooms where they were really toxic. So that's right. that's also a thing. How did you get into television? I know it's kind of a family business, but how did you? I, I've always found it like it seems like it would be a really interesting thing to do, and it's so enigmatic. Like you should write. People say you should write a speculative episode about a show that you really like or really watch. That's what like, that's what they you should do yeah. um, before if you have never done it before. I actually went to film school and I was doing film first, so film was where I started, mm-hmm. and then I went into books. Um, and then I was trying to develop one of my books for TV or film. We were trying to figure it out um, with a couple producers who oh. um, then went on to nine hundred two one zero, and that was how. Well, actually, that's not true because I wrote for MTV for a lot of years before any of this. So I think that has to count it's for okay. something. It's okay. It's a good retraction you just did. So yeah. that's good. Yeah. No, you wrote for MTV for um, a while. Yeah. I did do that. But as far as network TV, it was when I was we I was developing one of my books for TV with these two producers. And then they got on 90210 and they wanted my voice on that. So they mm-hmm. pulled me in there. And then So it, kind it was of, your writing treatments of your own material that they were exposed to. Yeah. Not you writing treatments of their show. No. Yeah. That just, that always seems presumptious to me. Well, like you, I you am wrote, always presumptuous. Like if yeah. somebody I mean, would write a, a version of your own material and say, what do you think of this? Like, I would rather see somebody's work. I don't know. It, it all seems If it's an very... existing show that you want a job on, yeah, that's the way to do it. Or to or to showcase how you would do a show like that, to just to show that you know what you're doing. But it seems entree... like it would be easier to do that with a show that was really case of the week, like, say, Major Crimes or a cop show where you could invent your own mystery. But to do that for a show like Lost or The Blacklist, it's like, how would, your, how would you fit in with their overall twisting arcs? I don't know. It seems like it, it would be difficult. But... Yeah, it seems threatening, even. Like, yeah. I, I just think it's more... It's more indicative of an author to see what he can do, like like the people from Nine Hundred Two One Zero who had seen your work and were liked your voice and wanted. That yeah. just seems to me to be a more um, a better explanation of who you are as an author or it was. A writer to, it to was. people who are hiring. But not everybody's going to have a book that they can be like, "This right. is my thing." So right. if not, yeah. then you should write a spec. But your books really did lay the groundwork. People people had something that they could look at when they wanted yes. to consider you for TV writing jobs. So that's important, I think, for writers to know that write. You got to write something. You, you got to have something written. You know, even if it's not any exact genre Always you want to work advice. in, or exact just keep meeting. writing. Just yeah. keep writing. What did Sue Grafton say? The best thing. You ever or the worst thing you ever wrote is still better than the best thing you never wrote. I say yes. that all true. the time. Almost Very as true. much as I quote what you said at the Agora Hills Assistance League of the San Fernando Valley <laughs> we were at all those years ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that fateful day. Attributed and unattributed, but now we've officially on the air attributed the remark. So to Caprice Crane. You can never take it back now. Anyway, yeah. So movies. Do you want to do movies? Do you want to move back into that direction? Yeah, yes, I do. I'm yeah. I'm writing one now, and I I've written before, Ooh. and I I did have one that was made. Um, it was a romantic comedy, and it got made. It was not my favorite film. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say we're going to not talk well, about somebody's it. Somebody's like, fired for not putting wow. that in the show notes. No, I'm just kidding. It's me. But okay, so um, we won't talk about it. I the, uh, I have a mother went, yeah, who doesn't want to talk about some of the movies in her background. So, but she didn't make any of them. They were made yeah. of her writing. But, the, I mean, okay. but there's no control. I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. That's the other thing. TV is is for sure a more a writer's medium where totally. film yes. is a director's medium. So yeah. I had no control. And then the producer had her sister do a rewrite at one point. Oh, so we had to share film screenwriting oh credit and God. it just became something unrecognizable. Oh, um, but it was made, which is still better than a movie not made to 
go to your Sue Grafton thing. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but yes, I do want to do film. I love film. I'm a I'm I'm a huge lover of film. Right. What are recent favorites? Oh, recent. What? Yeah, I... just to get a sense of what you know. What it is that yesterday, you're... I went to go see a screening of Enough Said, which uh, it's. Do you know? Um, Nicole, I will butcher her name, but Hoff Settler, Stetner, do you know mm, her work? Sounds familiar. She does very talky. She did like Walking and Talking and Lovely and Amazing. And she's done a, a, a series of, of independent films, but she is a writer, a female writer director, uh-huh. which yay for, you know, girls yay, women. going and doing yes. it. Excellent. Um, but this was James Gandolfini's last film. Oh. Um, and it was beautiful. And it, I mean, it's it's right there in my mind right now. So I, I loved that yesterday. And, and she spoke afterwards, which was, it was always fun. But uh, what have I seen? In the last, last week when I was in New York with my mom, I went to the Academy screenings with her. So I saw The Hunger Games, which I'm not going to say is a favorite film, or Catching Fire, whatever it was. Um, we saw... Uh, August Osage County. Okay. And then... Which oh. isn't out yet, right? Did you see a preview of yeah, it? Yeah, it was yes. a screening. Oscar screening. Screening. Oscar screening. Sorry. And one more that I'm blanking on right now, but um, Dallas have... Buyers I thought was amazing. I think Jared Leto was insane. I have not seen Dallas Buyers. We I were talking about that the other night. I cannot wait to see that movie. Oh that, my is, God. that is at the top that, of my though, They are going to be for sure nominated. Shea Butters is chiming in from our Facebook page. Nicole Hall of Center. Hall of exactly. Hall of Center. What she okay. said. What she said. Okay. Yes. Hall of Center. 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 She's yeah. She's amazing. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. So, um, you know, I, 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 I'm just, I'm stuck on this idea that you would pick TV over novel writing. I, I think it's Are interesting. You? I do you know, because I think it speaks to some degree to the loneliness of writing novels. That's what gets to me about it sometimes. You know what it is, and I honestly, that answer changes all the time. Yeah. I can tell you right now that I, I'm picking anything over novel writing because I feel that. <laughs> <laughs> the audience is just not appreciative enough and I'm not getting enough promotion that it's not making it worth it because it yeah. is so many hours and days and months and years mm. you know, spent by yourself writing this thing and then rewriting this thing and then trying to get it out there and, and nobody nobody, nobody cares. So inevitable question, what do you think about the whole ebook revo- revolution, I'm putting in air quotes, that we're in the midst of? Because when we express frustration about our writing and, the, and, and, and that sense that publishers aren't putting their muscle behind us, everyone says, well, self-publish and drop the price to $3 and see what happens, you know? I just think that's, I mean, I'm, I, to me, that still feels like a vanity thing, a vanity project. Like, if you can't get a publisher to publish your book, then, you know, mm. maybe it's not so good. Mm. So I'm not, although I just had a conversation with Jane Green. I don't know if you know her. She's Mm-mm. just a lovely, she's a, an author. Um, and she was telling me about another author named Alison Wynn Scott, who apparently is like winning the world by self-publishing. And she was a published, you know, major published novelist who right. now is doing it by herself. And apparently she's setting a great example for it. But for me, it just feels so like, I don't know. I don't well, we t- I talk about, I shouldn't say we, I talk about a writer named Blake Crouch all the time on the show who was published traditionally by St. Martin's. He was a very dark, suspenseful thriller writer. His books were very dark and suspenseful. In person, he's very <laughs> lovely. But he, he, you know, felt this way. He got brought out. There was a lot of hype. His books didn't really sell. Um, and when the Kindle happened and when the ebook thing happened, he got steadily got the rights to his old books back. But he also started writing new material that he self-published. And it was shorter because that's sort of the thing, too, about these digital books is they want novella-length stuff. And he's exploded in this way. He's got a TV show going on FX. We actually had the the showrunner for the show, Chad Hodge, oh, that, was in here yeah. a few, or actually a Lonely year ago. Pines. 
a wayward, wayward pine, pines. not lonely pines. Wrong pines. Don't confuse it with the nursing home on the Golden Girls that they always <laughs> talk to. Um, shady pines, excuse shady me. Shady pines, yeah. So it, there are some possibilities opening up, but it's I see, get your frustration is what I'm trying to say. It's like out-of-town trials. The, it's yeah. the E.L. James example that I love. Like, she started and she built the audience through ebook and through social, you know, through a much more sort of humble beginning. And then once she had the audience, then all the Fifty Shades of Grey books came out at, through a traditional publisher. And it was a giant sort of, I just think we are looking at a time when we're going to have to rethink publishing in general, the way that, because you're up, you're head to head with, I don't know, pick one of the names of those video games that people are playing. Uh, Xbox. Grand Theft yeah. Auto or something. You write a novel, you are head-to-head with Grand Theft Auto and the Avengers and the Blacklist and Justin Bieber and how it, you know, it's hotly contest- contested for what my entertainment time is going to be spent on and just you just put out, we printed a book and we put it on the shelf and... That's yeah. pretty much as much as they do in a lot of cases. And yeah, they've, it's they've pretty stiff competition. Up. Yeah, it's like they've just quit trying. Yeah. Well, no, this is this because this is the second conversation in a week where this has come up, I will think more about it. Mm-hmm. I, but before, where I was before, I would never consider it. Yeah, we're not trying to sway you. No, we're not trying to sell you. But I, I would have scoffed at the idea. I mean, I remember when self-publishing was, you had to pay to be self-published by these outfits that were kind of scam artists. They would take your oh, money. Totally, they wouldn't. Yeah. They would say you were going to be in stores that they would never actually put your book in. But now it's really changing. It's really changing. But it is. It, there's an enormous pile of material out there, and you don't know how good it is because everyone's paying a cover designer to give them a good quality cover. And it's still how do you get to people? How do you make – part of the reason we started this show was because going on book tour is really going away because where do you go? The bookstores are disappearing. I mean, yeah. going on book tour, right. you have to go to the library or the festival or whatever because otherwise there's no place to even go anymore. How do you – you can't really be on Amazon. I don't know. Maybe they should start a a book signing channel or something on Amazon and you could sign the page. And <laughs> Digitally. S- for the people the at home, right? the drone deliver it to the house. Yeah, the drone flies it to your house or something. Like, I don't I know. I can't believe we haven't talked about the Amazon drones oh my God, on this that is show. that is so scary. That's amazing. I just see the, the skies clouded with, with you know, Big flights of flocks, I guess it would be, of, of drones. drones. Yeah. What would be the plural of drones? A, a pride of large. <laughs> drone eye. A buzz of drones. John Favreau tweeted that an Amazon drone carried off his dog the other night. I that hate when that happened. Yeah, absolutely. That's super awkward. It was sleeping in the little plastic box when it came to take it back. So if Someone we... else tweeted, I don't remember who it was, but it was like that awkward moment where the drone is waiting for a tip. <laughs> <laughs> Just keeps hanging outside the door. I sometimes feel like this show is just us talking about stuff that people have tweeted. That feels like most of what I say. I bet you could pitch that. I bet you could get that show on Comedy Central. I think it's called CNN, actually. Right? Yeah. Follow us on... Twitter, like, why can't we just watch you on? <laughs> but television? no, they have whole segments of CNN shows where they just read people's tweets. So, so and so thinks think that think nerd is it? Um, I think Nerdist just got his own show. Sort of, it's called At Midnight, oh, and yeah? I think that's sort of very tweet heavy. Have you heard about this show, Dave? Dave's old porn. 
Oh yeah, I've never That's seen. Attell. It. Yeah, David yeah, Tell, the comedian, watches old porn I think with I've his friends. With yes, and and former porn stars occasionally, and they yeah. just comment on it. And I, I just have to see the show. I they blank everything out because it. it's on Comedy Central. Right. You've seen everything. I think I've actually I haven't seen a lot of it, but I think I've actually seen an episode of that. Like it was one of those things where it was like, what the hell? <laughs> Yeah. I have to see what that is. Well, there's everything at this point yes, on TV. There is. Which, which is, I think is really the great, it's another great opportunity with the expansion of cable. There's how many channels? I don't even know. I have like 800 channels on the television at home and I couldn't possibly watch it all. Again, it's a dense market. But I will but, try. Oh, absolutely. I will try to watch it all. Thank God for DVRs, multiple DVRs. I have well, three different rooms recording three different things all at the same time. It's time to say goodbye to Caprice Oh, no, no, yeah. I'm not done. No, I'm still having fun. We have to wrap up our performance oh, review of our special correspondence. Caprice, oh. I'm so glad you came out tonight. We know you're feeling a little under the weather. I and am, we're so glad you did I'm this for so our show. I'm so thrilled to be here. And I'm and glad you wonderful. enjoyed the space. You'll have to come back and visit us again. Absolutely. This is a great. Always. I love the idea of you coming and heckling other guests. I think, I just that's, think great. that's a great idea. <laughs> Definitely, we'll pitch that show too. Uh, hang out in the lobby, and we'll snap a picture with you after the show. But I will for do now, it. we will thank you for coming, and we will ask all our party people to buy Confessions of a Hater, which is for sale at thedinnerpartyshow.com. And now, I think it's time to finally wrap up this ugly performance review. Thank what do you God. Think? predict someone is going home sad, but I just want to say that sometimes misfortune can be our best teacher. I just pray we will be spared. We promise to use our continued gift of being on your show to spread the words of tolerance and compassion. Save enough money next year to come to L.A. for our review. Lying is a sin. And to meet porn stars. I just wish we'd get on with it so I can report on the outcome and move on to some real news. Well, what my Merle says is when he's waiting and feeling anxious, he likes Shut to- up, all of you. Let's get this over with. I don't like to stay in one place for too long. Bad kid has spies everywhere. Okay, everyone settle down. We really <laughs> need this. Hey, Sarah, no Sarah. One Shut the fuck up or I'll fire all of you. Okay, so... After much consideration and soul-searching, we decided... Oh, oh, oh my God. All right. And I want you to know this was not an easy decision. And our decision... Mm-hmm. Oh, my. Oh, cut to the chase. It was... Oh, I can get on. Get on. A very close call. But what we decided was... Oh, for God's sake. Twan, your fire. What? Get your crystal ball and get the hell out. <laughs> Didn't see that one coming, did you? Now, Tuan, remember what you said about misfortune presenting us with new opportunities? Well, I swear on all the powers of the stars. Oh, it's an opportunity, all right. It's an opportunity to call on the dark forces at my command. It is my big chance for me to tell you all what I really think of you. Did you know they don't pay us? Really? Oh, well, then... See ya. And you say he didn't have a clue in his prediction about this. Worst psychic astrologer ever. (laughs) Yeah, great idea to play that song when our show isn't actually over yet. Farewell, yes. Now, that was a farewell to... (laughs) Caprice Crane and to Tuan, Queen of the Stars. Caprice is coming back. Tuan... 
Tuan. Poor Tuan. I think it's for the best. I really do. Well, I think it was time for him to move on, whether he could see that in the future or not. I think I predict that Tuan will find something else to do. I think people are just now realizing that Tuan was a man. I think a lot of people, <laughs> including our, our beloved cartoonist, <laughs> illustrator Justin Simpson, and actually drew Tuan as a woman in his well, illustrations for the I show. I think Tuan felt that way as well, so I don't think anybody should feel bad about it. I think Tuan was not as convinced he was a man. Yeah, and I think we should say we actually really fired Tuan. There will not be, unless there's a, a hue and cry, as Eric Shawquin likes to say when he isn't blowing the pooch, unless there's an outraged oh, glamour I'm on our Facebook doing page, Gross. you will not be hearing any more from Tuan, Queen of the Stars. So that is that is a special so you're correspondent. Safe. We you can thank us. Truly, truly <laughs> Thanks, Christopher and Eric, for not subjecting us to Tuan's bitchy, vitriolic, Hateful. very specious. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think uh, astrological forecasting is sort of like weather forecasting. It's available on the internet all the time, constantly. Yes. I'm not really sure why we would need somebody to report that, particularly somebody to report it the way Twan always did. Indeed. Anyway, enough said about Twan. Enough. Goodbye, Twan. I'm sorry we didn't say anything nice <laughs> or fond na, about na, you na. Hey, as you made your way out the door. Goodbye. Next week, we will. it wouldn't be the Christmas season if we weren't trying to stick it to the Catholic Church in some way, and we'll have Dr. Joe Wenke here right. talking about his new book, Papal Bull, an ex-Catholic, or I think it's a recovering Catholic's guide to the Catholic <laughs> Church. That should be very interesting. Yeah, it's a really interesting interview, a really fun guy, and a really great topic. And the book is, of course, available or will be available. Will be available this week, yes. This week through the uh, Facebook fan page, but it's available all the time. Not through the Through Facebook, our website. Through the website, and, um, and it's available, of course, all the time. Absolutely. He, was, he also writes a great deal for the Huffington Post, isn't yes. that right? He's got his own regular column on the Huffington Post, Joe Wenke. It's spelled W-E-N-K-E, but it's pronounced Wen-Key, which I think is really sweet. Also, not definite yet, we may have a very, 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 very big guest next week, but we're not sure, so I'm not going to say the name. <laughs> but isn't that true every week? Uh, we always have big guests. Maybe not as big as uh, Caprice Crane, but this would be a pretty big guest if she joined us on the Dinner Party Show, so keep your fingers <laughs> crossed, and we'll have more news as it breaks I on actually the Facebook page. Every week we might have a really, really big guest. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were saying, all our guests are big, Christopher. Yeah, no, I'm going to leave that to, to uh, Kyle and Lyle. All our guests are very special. We have huge guests. They're gigantic. Especially the Caprice one Caprice was Palm 11 Desert. feet tall. Caprice is a very pretty lady. She I'm really sorry you guys beautiful. couldn't be with us in the studio, but we can't afford live video streaming Very beautiful time. woman. <laughs> the other thing that's really important to note is that the polls are open. Participate in the Forkies. The nominees have been counted, and the ballots are posted on the Facebook Indeed. On the Facebook page, and there's also a link so that you can vote through your mobile device. Yes, there are two different applications which allow you to vote. One is for the web, one is for the web when you're on the internet at home, and the other one is for your mobile devices. Uh, the web app will not work on mobile devices, so make sure you're using the right app when you go to cast your vote. So vote early and vote often. I'm not sure I don't you, know can, if you vote. can vote more than once. I don't that would know. be corrupt. I have no idea. We our special correspondents would be up in arms. Right. Oh God. God forbid. Anyway, so vote and then tune in next week, uh, and we'll be here with our surprise possible Maybe. guest and Joe Winkie for sure. But thank you so much. We're so happy to be back for our second season with you all. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And you've been listening to The Dinner Party Show. Thanks.
I've been to a marvelous party. 